shrink from your presence. We fall prostrate. And we thank you for your goodness, mercy, and grace. Hide the preacher behind the cross, crucify him afresh, convict, convince, if need be, convert. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, say amen. Let's give our youth a hand clap. Truly, God is, God is an awesome, awesome, awesome God. Amen. When we learn to move out the way and exalt him, him alone and God can entrust to you his glory amen I will share my glory with no man amen no one comes into the same sentence with Jesus Christ he's worthy to be praised hallelujah do you know biblically, if I get up here and say, Jesus, do you know I've already preached? I, I don't have to do no points and amen, no exegesis. All I got to say is Jesus. That's enough to save you. Can I get a witness? That's, that's enough to keep you. That's enough to give you joy. Can I get a witness? Jesus. Hallelujah. This morning we'll find ourselves in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, one of my favorite scriptures, verse 58, and we're going to be talking about steadfastness. Steadfastness is a cousin to stick-to-itiveness. Stick-to-itiveness is a distant relative to standing. Amen. That when we look at 1 Corinthians 15, 58, when you get it, say amen. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Stead fastness. Last week we dealt with stewardships. As we kick off this new year, steadfastness. The life of the believer in Jesus Christ is a life of battles and blessings, groans and griefs, wounds and waiting. The saved life is not a flowery bed of ease. It is a succession of tests. It is a susceptibility to temptations. And it is a serious struggle towards our strength. Conflict many times leads us to compromise our commitments. Can I say that again? The incoming conflict causes us to compromise our commitments. And our peace becomes paralyzed by our problems. And in all of this, there is a tendency for the child of God to move, to pack up your U-Haul, to get out of Dodge, to discontinue your spiritual program, to want to start anew. Uh, and in all of 
this movement, we tend to move from God's design. I have plans for you, plans of good, not of evil, to bring you to a desired We move from God's demographic. As Abraham left Egypt and had to travel back to Canaan. Not only do we move from design to demographic, we tend to move from God's dependence. We move into places where we really think we don't need God. And then when you and I have changed the locality of our design and demographic and dependence, you have lost your discernment. Paul the Apostle is writing to this church at Corinth, the church of the Corinthians. And Corinthian was a corrupt city. Um, in fact, it is believed that the book of Romans was written from Corinth, and it talks about sin. All you had to do is look out your window in Corinth, and all you saw was sin. Sin had invaded the church. And when Paul wrote 1 Corinthians, there are 16 chapters about 16 problems. Each chapter was Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, writing to clarify problems that had seeped from society into the church. And we know the world is in the church. And the church is in the world. Isn't that right? Yeah. And 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 when you look when you when you navigate through the book of First Corinthians, you'll find out that first and second chapter there was a problem with wisdom. They were using wisdom wrong. Uh, Sophia is the Greek word for wisdom, and uh, chap chapter three they they had a problem with carnality and divisions. Yeah, uh, that. The church was divided into facets of preachers. Some are of Paul, some of Apollos, some of Cephas. And um, in, in chapter 5, a man was going to bed with a stepmother. And they had to excommunicate the man until he repented, then they let him back in. Yeah, chapter 6, they, they were into all types of immorality. Chapter uh, 7, they had marriage problems in the church, so he deals with marriage. He doesn't say everything about marriage, but he deals with marriage. And, um, chapter 10, he deals with the problem of the church going through the same thing that Israel went through at Kadesh Barnea, uh, where they were contested. They, they, they ran into a catastrophe. They were turned upside down in their spiritual life. Chapter 11, there were people getting drunk at the communion table. Chapter 12, 13, and 14, they had problems with gifts. Yeah. That people were exercising gifts with the wrong spirit. And when you get to chapter 16, they had a problem with collections. So Paul... In chapter 16, talks about the collection on the first day of the week, verse 2. And he lays out a paradigm for giving. But here in chapter 15, Paul homes in on resurrection. Because the Corinthians were Greeks. And Greeks did not believe in bodily resurrection. What they believed was that you are in a prison house called the body, and when you die, you'll be released. Hang in there with me. 
Same philosophy that's in the world. People think they can live like hell, reject Jesus, and when they die, they go into a place of rest. No, you're going to hell. And, 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 and so, child of God, when we look at this chapter, chapter 15, Paul does this dissertation on the resurrection of Jesus Christ that not only did Jesus die, and, and, and listen, he uses the Greek word for good news, the good news of Jesus Christ. What is the good news? That someone else took my place, took my sin and died for me that would give me a right to the tree of life. That when we believe and receive the message of the gospel, the good news. The church has been sidetracked. The good news is not uh, amen, uh, auxiliaries, and clubs. The good news is not fellowships and banquets. The good news is that Jesus died in my place. That's good news. That all of my sins, past, present, and future, was laid on him. And if I place personal faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ, the Bible says not only am I saved and I'm going to glory when I die, but the Holy Spirit who is the down payment, comes and lives within me right now. And he starts to transform my life to the image of Jesus Christ. And and, and it's here, it's here, it's here that Paul, in this powerful chapter, begins an argument and he takes 50, 57 verses to disclose the truth of resurrection. The Sadducees didn't believe in resurrection. Amen. And there are other faiths and religions that don't believe in resurrection. They just don't believe that Jesus got up. There was a swoon theory by the Romans that He really didn't rise. They stole his body. Some say he really didn't die. All of these speculations, but I believe the word of God. We we know he died. Can I get a witness? He 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 died. He they put him on a cross at nine a.m. in the morning, and he went through the seven last words, and at three o'clock he dropped his head and the locks of his shoulders on Good Friday, and the Bible says he died. He died, he died, he died, he died to the sun stop shining. He died to the earth start reeling and rocking, the moon start hemorrhaging. He He died until a Roman centurion said, surely this was the son of God. He died, he died, he died. And, 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 and what Paul enlightens us with is that, now listen to this carefully, this gospel, good news, amen, is amen according to the scriptures, meaning the Old Testament that there were some four views, there were some typologies, that when I look at Psalm 22, the Messianic Psalm, I see the groanings of the Messiah. When I look at Psalm 69, I see an expression of how he was crucified. When I look at Isaiah 50 and 53, and when I look at Psalm 16, his, he said, my, my body will never see corruption. Yeah, and... and, and uh, when I when I look at in the Old Testament, Amen, uh, Isaiah fifty three, he was, uh, Amen, wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes, substitutionary offering, we are healed. 
And when you go back to Leviticus 23, which we're studying along with the Pentateuch and the history this Wednesday, you need to come out to Bible study, that these feast days all were, they were typified by unto Jesus. That the Passover, the Day of Atonement, is when Jesus died on a cross. And then three days later was the Feast of First Fruits. First Fruits is when, amen, the harvest came up. Are you getting this? It, there was a wave and a sheaf offering three days later. And then 50 days later was Pentecost, the advent of the Spirit. Are you getting me? Amen. And then there's the celebration of trumpets. Amen. That's the rapture. That the angel going to come and blow a trumpet and, 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 and we're going to meet him in the sky. I wish I had a witness up in and, 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 and every feast day was fulfilled by Jesus. He said, search the scriptures, they speak of me. Can I get a witness? And last week in the stewardship, we even dealt with, amen, the year of jubilee. When slaves were released and all debts were forgiven. See, when I got saved, I was a slave to sin. And Jesus came along and he released me. Sin shall not have dominion over you. Do I have a witness? And all my sins were forgiven. All, all my creditors, my, my, my creditor, Jesus, forgave me of all my debt of sin. Because I was born in sin. And I didn't start sinning in 66. I didn't start sinning in 56. I didn't start sinning in 76. I was born in sin and shaping in iniquity. Uh, do I have a witness up in the house? So, so what Paul does, he lays out, he lays out the venue of the resurrection, the, listen, the vehicle, the vision, and ultimately the victory. Can I get a witness? It's four things that Paul answers in this chapter. Who will be resurrected? When they're going to be resurrected? Why they're going to be resurrected? And how they're going to be resurrected? That's, that's what he does in these 57 verses. I think it is just profound how Paul does it. He talks about bodies, celestial bodies, terrestrial bodies. He talks about natural and spiritual transformation and triumph. He talks about, Lord have mercy, in verse 51. Look at that real quick. In verse 51, he, he talks about the process. Look what he says. He says, behold, I show you a mystery. Now, a, now, now, the word mystery in the Greek is a mysterion, something that has never been seen before. It's now uncovered. Can I get a witness? And, and these, these, these people walk around here talking about what the churches in the Old Testament, you don't know what you're talking about. What Paul, Paul had the privilege of Gentiles in the church age, ministering to Gentiles in the church age, and the, and, and, and the Holy Spirit through Paul is saying, I'm showing you a mysterion, a mystery, we shall not all sleep. Now, he's not talking about you going home and sleeping. He's talking about dying. We're not all going to die. Uh-oh. At the time that the trumpet is blown, at the time of the rapture, some of us going to still be alive. But we shall all be changed. Thank God for the change. Thank God for the transformation. Thank God for the change. We dropping off this flesh. We, we dropping off this mortality. We taking on immortality. We dropping off corruption and we going to put on incorruption. We dropping off the flesh and we going to put on the total spirit. Do I have a witness? He, he goes on to say, listen to this, he, he, Paul plays with death. Oh, death! which has always been man's last and strongest enemy. Oh, death, where, where, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? 
And then Paul goes on to say, through our Lord Jesus Christ, look at this argument in verse 57. We have, are you with me? Look what he says. Now watch this now. He says, but thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through Jesus Christ. Now let me stop. We're not fighting for the victory. We're fighting from the victory. The battle has already been fought and the victory has already been won. Do I have a witness? People talk about, oh, I'm fighting, trying to be victorious. No, 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 victory's already won. The victory is through Jesus. Do you, uh, can, can you understand what I'm saying? What happens theologically between 57 and 58 is critical. It's because of his victory that we have vitality. Y'all ain't getting this. I'm, try, I'm trying to teach this word. I'm trying to teach this word. It's because of his victory that we get vitality. <laughs> See, Jesus is our big brother. <laughs> Can I get a witness? You remember I told you that story about the big brother, right? Little boy came home from school and said, told his, mother, told his father and mother and said, this bully at school keep picking on me and he's bigger than me. He, he wants to hit me. He beats me up. He takes my money. And his big brother told his little brother, go to the bully's house and tell him you ain't taking it no more. The next time he tries to pick on you, you're going to beat him up. So the little boy was nervous. He said, you want me to go there and say that? He said, absolutely. The little boy was scared. So the little boy went to the bully's house, knocked on the door. The big bully came to the door. What do you want? He said, I'm not taking it anymore. The next time you bully me, it's me and you. And little boy was nervous because he just thought the bully was going to knock him out. And the bully just looked, stared at the little boy, backed up and shut the door. So the little boy went home. He was mystified. He ran and told his brother, he said, uh, I don't understand. I, I was scared and I told him what you told me. And he just looked at me hard and backed up and went in the house. He said, what happened? And the big brother said, while you were talking, I was standing in the street behind you. And he looked past you and saw me. And he doesn't want any parts of me. So he took his butt back in the house. Can I get a witness? See, Jesus is our big brother. And Jesus is standing behind you. And Jesus is saying, no weapon that's formed against you shall prosper. When they come at you, they coming at me. When they trying to hurt you, they trying to hurt me. Because I said, amen, that nobody will hurt you. Nobody can harm you. Nobody can possess you. Nobody can oppress you. Nobody can put you down because greater is he that's in you than he I'm preaching up in this place, that's in the world. When you go to work tomorrow, just walk into work and say, I got a, I got a big brother behind me. Can I get a witness? It's here. You got to see the connection between victory, listen, and vitality. All of my vitality is predicated on his victory. Can I get a witness? So his victory allows my vitality to say, get behind me, Satan. I can't be Satan. Satan will kill me. But his victory, Bruce, allows my vitality to say, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Are y'all getting this? His victory allows my vitality to say, I'm going to make it. Come hell or high water. His victory allows my vitality to say the Lord is my refuge and my strength, a very present help in the time of trouble. His victory allows my vitality to quote the promises which are the power to the people of God. 
So the connection is his victory establishes what? My vitality. When you understand that connection, then you understand what's in the text. Because the vitality is in the word, therefore. Since we have the victory, therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast. Now, now let me stop talking about it. You know, I, I do my historicity. I do my grammatics. You know, the word steadfast in the Greek means, listen to this. <laughs> Sit down and take a seat. Second Chronicles 20, remember that? Jehoshaphat? Armies was coming over the hill by the thousands, hundreds of thousands. Jehoshaphat went into prayer and fasting. The whole nation went into prayer and fasting. God came to Jehoshaphat and said, Jehoshaphat, the battle is not yours. The battle is the Lord's. Now put the Levites up front. And let them start singing my praises. Somebody get this on the way home. See, that's why we put such an emphasis on worship. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't come in here with fellowship first. You don't come in here, amen, greeting one another. How, how was your week? Forget all that. You come in here with worship. And, 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 when, and when they put the Levites up front, the Levites were those who praised Almighty God. And then the enemy said, you know what? We, we hear noise in the camp of Israel. What, 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 what is causing this noise? It was the noise of praise. Well, what were they praising God about? The enemy was about to annihilate them. They were praising God for winning the battle, and the battle had not even been fought. Oh, I'm preaching up in this place. You can praise him up front. You can thank him up front. You can wave your hand up front. Oh, Lord. Lord, I want to thank you. Not only for what you have done. And Lord, you've done a lot. You brought me from a mighty long way. You snatched me out of hell with smoke still in my garments. Lord, I want to thank you for bringing me through the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s. I want to thank you for what you have done. But then, God, I want to thank you for what you're doing right now. Faith believing you're working it out. And then, God, I want to thank you for what you're going to do. I believe that you got my future like you had my past, like you got my present. So I'm going to worship you. I'm going to thank you. I'm going to praise you. I'm going to exalt you. And I'm going to act just like it has already happened. The prayers are already answered. The request has already been notified. I'm going to dance, I'm going to shout, I'm going to give, I'm going to serve. Say, any good, he's worthy. He's worthy. I said he's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. You're not shutting my mouth up. I was dead and on my way to hell. But Jesus, but Jesus, but Jesus snatched me, shook me, turned me, say, he's wilder, 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 wilder. Worthy, 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 
could have had AIDS. Worthy. Y'all know y'all could have had AIDS. Worthy. Could have died of cancer. Worthy. Could have been shot. Worthy. Could have been dead. Worthy. Could have owned me. Worthy. Any good. Any good. Any good. Sit down. Sit down. That, that, that was my introduction. Now let me give you my points. Let me give you my points now. Let me give you my points now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. When I think about the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul cries out hallelujah I thank God for saving me real, real quickly real quickly real quickly real quickly real quickly the the <laughs> Jesus is the vehicle who gives us the victory in turn, it extends to our vitality. See, that's why Paul was so emphatic and sold out. Listen to Paul in Philippians real quick. I'm, I'm, I'm going to move on. In the first chapter of Philippians, Paul said, for me to live is Christ. Now, some of y'all trying to live in spite of Christ next to Christ, close to Christ. No, no, Paul said, for me to live is Christ. And then to die is even better. It's game. Paul had perspective in verse 12, chapter 1. He said, the things that have happened unto me have fallen out to the furtherance of the God. In other words, God is so wise and unique, he can take stuff in your life and rework it so somebody else gets blessed. Are y'all are y'all getting this? You getting this? It's called fruit. You had to endure the pain. You had to go through, but maybe your child is gonna be blessed. Maybe your neighbor is gonna find Christ. Maybe your coworker will ask questions about how to be saved. Are you getting this? Paul, 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 Paul says in the second chapter, he said, let this mind be in you, who being in the form of God, morphe, Greek word, thought it not robbery evil God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon himself the form of a servant. He gave up his prerogatives in order to die. It's sacrificial. And in the third chapter, Paul says, you want to brag? Let me brag. Let me get in the flesh with you. Born, circumcised the eighth day, from the tribe of Benjamin, major tribe, uh, Hebrew, Hebrew, set under Gamaliel, University of Jerusalem. He said, I, I was a Pharisee, I was a lawyer. Listen, but what things were gained to me? Watch this exchange. Those things I counted loss for Christ. Why, Paul, that I may know him. Gnusko is the Greek word, and gnusko don't mean know of him. It means to know him intimately. And when you know Jesus intimately, you got to give up something, Doc. Can I get a witness? I'm preaching at that clock today, Doc. And then Paul gets to the fourth chapter and says, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. 
that, that everything in prayer, supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God, and the peace of God that passes all the saints shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. See, Paul was sold out. Paul said, I've learned in whatever state I'm in to be content. I know how to go high. I know how to go low. Well, what do you mean by that? Well, I can eat at a five-star restaurant. I can eat at McDonald's. Can I get a witness? Oh, y'all get this on the way home. Nothing controls me, but I'm under the jurisdiction of the Holy Spirit. I, I, and, 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 and it's here, it's here, it's here that I want to suggest four things in the believer's life that causes us to move. Be steadfast. Don't move. Let me tell you what makes us change our place of design, demographics, de you know, our discernments. Uh, let me name four things that I think hit all of us. And I'm going to come right back to the 58 first. First, we move because of a faithlessness in trials. That is, when we're going through trials that we don't understand, we become faithless. <clears throat> and once we stop believing that we have the total victory in Jesus Christ, we really lose our place of discernment. Mm. I want you to keep with this connection of victory and vitality that when we go through sickness, strife, separation, anger, anything that threatens our security, we got to go back to this therefore, this steadfastness that Paul is talking about. Taking the seat. I remember the storm on the Sea of Galilee and notice the occurrence. Jesus, with his disciples, he says, let's get in a boat and go to the other side. That's all he said. They all got in the boat and they were floating and it was evening and that night Jesus was sleeping in the boat and the storm rose and Peter, Cephas, went up to the Lord and started shaking the Lord and shaking him and said, wake up! See, his security was threatened. Don't you see that we are perishing? Jesus stood up and in the midst of the storm and said, oh ye of little faith, did not I tell you that we were going to the other side. It's what he did not tell them that threatened them. He never told them a storm would come up. The storm didn't catch him by surprise. The storm caught them by surprise. And somebody should, should have done some deductive reasoning that although the storm is raging, if the master's on board, we can't go under. If the master's on board, the marriage is going to stay afloat. If the master's on board, my sickness is going to be healed. If the master's on board, my mind is going to be right. Gee, the, Bible, the Bible says Jesus got up and told the storm what he wanted. He said, peace. Watch this now. Then he gave the command, be still. And the Bible says everything came to a halt. Now watch this now. Why, why did the storm come up, Greg? Why did the storm come up, Cleve? Why did the storm come up, Roy? The storm came up and the disciples' response was, what manner of man is this? That even the winds and the sea obey him. See, sometimes God allows storms in your life to show you who he is. Some, sometimes God will allow all hell to break out because he wants you to know that he's able. Can I get a witness? And without the storm, you can't respect the Savior. The word Savior means he's pulling you out of a storm. Can I, and I'm going I'm, to I'm, I'm shout this morning because the Lord has pulled me out of numerous storms. 
Storms in my marriage. Storms in my ministry. Storms in my mind. Ah. Thank you. When he fed the 5,000 on a hillside, he went to Philip and said, what, what are we going to do with so many people? And then the next verse is, for Jesus knew what he was going to do. In your life, he already knows what he's going to do. He's not waking up with a GPS system. He's, he's not waking up with email. He's not waking up with text messages. In fact, he's already planned out your life before the foundation of the world, and he assures you that you're coming out victoriously. It's already done. It's already done. I'm victorious because of him. Uh, we move because of faithlessness in trials. We want to change the demographic. We want to change where we live. We want to change where we are. We want to change where we need to go. And we're threatened when our security is threatened, when we feel our perceived needs are not met. I'm preaching somebody. Secondly, we move because of our fractures over time. The first was faithful, faithlessness, now fractures. As I'm reminded of my personal pain. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, I got pain. We all have pain. Don't we have pain? Now you can be in denial all you want. See, this is therapeutic. I'm trying to help you out. It's not to you understand and confess that you got pain. That relief of the pain comes. Man approached Jesus and said, Lord, if you're willing, I know you're able. You can heal me. Jesus said, be healed. The man understood he had a need. Can I get a witness? And child of God, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me say this to you about our pain. We, we, we have these pains, personal pains, history of hurts. Tell the congregation, if you're looking for a mate, you better do a history search. Do a, don't let them sit at dinner and tell you about the last three years. Go all the way back. Well, well, what was the name of your kindergarten teacher? <laughs> what kind of relationship do you have with your mother and your father? Your real father. Not Uncle Joe that showed up. Your real daddy. You, you, you know, because there are things in our history that keeps coming back to haunt us. Are y'all praying with me? I was, in, I was in the grocery store. I told him this morning I was in the grocery store. Y'all pray for pastor. I, I need prayer, man. I'm messed up. Your pastor is messed up. I had my cart. Now, here I go. I went through my aisles. I got my stuff. I'm looking at the lines. What line is the shortest? Don't we do that? And I, and I said, there go one. And I jumped in, the, and, and, and this lady was here before me. This is last week. She had a pocketbook this big. She went down in her pocketbook looking for her wallet. That took five minutes. And then she went down her pocketbook to pull out a checkbook. And she told the lady, wait a minute, I bought my own bags. I don't want them bags. She started pulling out bags. Now, I'm a pastor, and I'm supposed to be loving. And I'm sitting there saying, you got to. You, you got to. I don't, I, don't, I don't believe this. Finally, the, she finds her wallet. She finds her bags. She finds a checkbook. Then they said, sorry, do you have any coupons? Oh, yeah. She pulls out a, a wad of coupons. 
And I'm sitting in line saying, Lord, why me? What did I do to tick you off that you had to put me behind this lady? And the Spirit of God said, I'm going to teach you patience one way or the other. How many of y'all had that experience? In, in, then when the lady's rolling a cart away, she had nerve to turn around and look at me and said, oh, sir, I'm sorry. And I wanted to say, you are sorry. So I got angry and went home, told Sister Gordon, you're doing the shop now. I ain't fun with this no more. I'm tired of this. What, 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 what is it about our pain? Jeremiah quotes Lamentations 3 and uses words like my remembrance, my wormwood, my affliction. He hath set me in dark places. Talking about God. Haven't you felt times when you didn't understand what's going on that God was against you? Have you ever thought that? Y'all can't even say, yeah, I have. Lord, what's up? I didn't have this much trouble when I lived for Satan. Dark places. He has hedged me in. He's made my chain heavy when I cry, when I shout, you shut out my prayer. How many of your times feel like God just shut your prayer up? Come on, put your hands up. Put your hands up. At least you pray. The ones that didn't have their hands up, they don't even pray. And here's what Jeremiah comes away with. He says, my misery, my wormwood, my gall, they have been humbled And in my remembrance, as I pull up my pain, my fractures, which causes us to move to a new life, a new marriage, a new escape. Um, my God. That's like me going home saying to my wife, listen, baby, after 25 years of marriage, I'm tired, I went out, I'm not fulfilled, I'm sick of this, da da I put all the pain on her side of the ledger. I put all my pain on her side of the ledger. Are y'all getting what I'm saying? I take all my pain. It's my pain. It's my pain. She, she's at home whistling, watching NCIS. It's my pain. Turn your name and say, it's my pain. It's my pain. I put my pain on her, and I get rid of her because of my pain. Now I go out and meet somebody else and find out I still got the same pain. <laughs> I changed the person, but I never changed the pain. Y'all are not getting this. That everything I projected onto her was my pain. My rejection, my abandonment, my misconceptions. My insecurities, my loneliness, my feeling not respected was my pain. The problem is we keep putting our pain, instead of putting it on Jesus, we put it on one another. And the people you're putting your pain on, they got their own pain. We, you know, been to marriage counseling. That's why I can preach like this. I've been through all. I've been to hell and back. In fact, where's your husband, honey? He in the back. Oh Lord, that's a bad sign. Look at, look at this. You know, he's a doctor of psychology asking me, well. Well, Ray, explain about your pain. I said, well, you know, I said, yeah, I ain't got no problem here. I ain't never had no problem with no women. You 
I was out in the street. I was a playboy. I had a lot of women. I ain't never had no problem. My way or the highway. It wasn't no problem. <laughs> She's the problem. Been married 25 years. The first 15 years were her. 16th year, I learned something. It was me. <laughs> My pain. You'll get this. You better investigate through prayer, not about your husband's pain. Your wife's pain, you better investigate about your pain. Because it's perpetual. In the bruise? And you got to take onus for your own pain. And the pain could be a paralysis in your reasoning. That when, 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 when you begin, my, we got quiet on that one. When we begin <laughs> to look at this relief, here, here's Jeremiah, he says, I kept recalling his wonderful word. I recalled to my mind, therefore I have I hope. And I came to a conclusion in the midst of my pain. What is it, Jeremiah? It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Can I get a witness? Because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. And great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies. Thank you, Jesus, for the new mercies. Can I get a witness? Not only our faithlessness and our fractures will move us. They'll move us. I look at Hollywood. I look at the most beautiful women on the face of the earth. Get married and three months later, dissolve. And they got millions of dollars. I know you're excuse, you broke. <laughs> I can tell you why there's hell in my marriage. Ain't no money there. I know. I mean, they got, they got millions of dollars because they're not handling their pain. Look at the third thing that makes us move. We not only move from faithlessness and fractures, but we move because of our feelings which are tired and tensed. Our feelings are connected to our old nature. Let me tell you what your feelings are. We, 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 we got to close this session. Your feelings, listen to this. This is a Gordonism. Your inlooks become your outlooks. Your inlook, as a man think of so your inlooks. What you see inside of you becomes your outlook. Your whole reasoning paradigm in mind is that everything has to go through our filters, which are fragmented. So before I can give Wayne a compliment on how he's dressed, if my security about who I am is bothering me, I withdraw the compliment. Are y'all getting this? Before I can tell my wife, you're a good woman and I love you, if my feelings jump in and say, well, you know, you, then I can't say that to her. Are y'all getting this? I'm not a psychiatrist, psychologist. This, this is just practical, everyday thinking. The fact of the matter is, is that our feelings disqualify our faith. We don't always feel loved. We don't always feel as if we're in a good place. Can I get a witness? I remember Habakkuk 2 4, real quick. Habakkuk said, For the vision, for the just, shall walk by faith, not feelings. Faith is the substance of things, hope for the heavens, things not seen. Habakkuk goes on to say, For the vision is yet for an appointed time. What that means is, 
There's a clock to your trials. Your trials are not lasting forever. Because God's got purpose in everything he puts you through. Can I get a witness? There's a, design, there's a deliberate design for your deliverance. That's why we go through stuff. Are you praying with me? But look what Habakkuk says, and he's a powerful prophet, minor prophet. He says, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Look at the stick to Though it tarry, wait for it. Look, look his conclusion in, in, in Habakkuk 3.17, one of my favorite scriptures. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be on the vines. The labor of the olives shall fail. The fields and flocks shall be cut off. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord is my strength. And he will, yes he will, say he will. He will make my feet like Heinz's feet. He'll make me have feet like a deer that can leap. A, a, a goat, a sea goat that can, a mountain goat that can leap on mountains and not slide back down that my feet will stick to the stones. Y'all ain't getting this. That when I'm being chased, when I'm on the run, when I'm living for Jesus, he'll give me some feet that'll let me leap over things. Won't the Lord let you leap over things? Won't the Lord give you the ability to make it when you didn't think you couldn't make it? Won't the Lord give you the power in the midst of problems? He'll do it every day. Can I get a witness? Uh, you, you, you will move with faithlessness. You, you will move with fractures. You, you will move with feelings. But finally, we will move with futility of thinking. But what is utility of thinking? I'm glad you asked. It's deception. It's when you mix up reality and reasoning. It's idealism versus realism. Can I get a witness? Too many of us end up with idealism. Are you praying with me? Well, you walk up down getting married and you tell your wife, baby, I love you. You're the best thing ever happened to me. And I, I went uh, through two eggs sunny side up and some scrapple, some turkey meat, some toast, some, some pancakes and syrup. And, and I want you to serve it to me in a neck look, Jay. Have your hair. Uh-huh combed and look good when you come to me. That's idealism. And then we both going to go out and work all day. I didn't marry you to sit at home. You got to help pay these bills. And even though you come home dragging, when I come through the door, I'm expecting you to be superwoman. You ought to be ready, Freddy. Can I get a witness? Kitchen ought to be clean, meal ought to be done, and we ought to eat, and hey, amen, and uh, you give me my paper so I can read it, and, and, and give me my messages, and, and we'll have a little conversation, and then in about two hours, I'm expecting you to fly into the bedroom. Can I get a witness? A tall leap with a single bound. Can I get a witness? And I want you to get on the bed and say, Superwoman, I'm here for you, baby. Can I get a witness? Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? But it's false. It's idealism. Can I get a witness? Well, God doesn't want us to be into futility. He wants to be real with us. Life is full of trouble. Life is full of transitions. Life is full of transformations. Life is full of changes. You're going to cry and you're going to laugh. Can I get a witness? You're going to frown and you're going to... Uh, can I get a witness? You're going to go up and you're going to go down. Can I get a witness? But I heard Job said, I had heard about him. With 
the hearing of my ear. But now after all this suffering, I've seen him with my eyes. You know when you see God, he says, I abhor myself in sackcloth and ashes. That's when you know you've seen God. When you look at yourself and come to a conclusion, you're nothing but a dirty sinner that needs to be saved by grace. That's when you've seen God. Can I get a witness? And child of God, therefore, turn to your neighbor and say, therefore, since Jesus has the victory and we have the vitality, since Jesus rose from the grave, since Jesus has all power in his hands, since Jesus rules the celestial and the terrestrial, since Jesus times the mystery that we shall not all sleep, but we go into heaven in shifts, and the dead bodies will raise up first, then we which are alive will be caught up, caught up to meet him in the air. Can I get a witness? Since Jesus defeated death, since Jesus took the sting out of the grave, since Jesus is God, the Son, with all power in his hands, therefore be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for your labor, your labor, your labor is not in vain. Faithlessness, fractures, feelings, futility. Solomon said, I had it all. Men, servants, maid servants, gold, silver, slaves. 700 wives. My God, today. I, no, no, I don't want 700 wives. 250. I, I don't. 700 wives. 300 concubines. Green, what is a concubine? 700 wives and 300 concubines. Listen, those are the four major things that will move you from being steadfast. Be steadfast, unmovable, always. Always. In 2013, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Let's stay on our feet. As every head is bowed, every eyes closed. If you're here today and you want to receive and believe that Jesus died for your sins, you want to be saved, just raise your hand. Nobody's looking. Put your hand in the air. To our visitors, raise your hand if you want to be saved. Just put your hand in the air. You want to give your life to Jesus Christ. He died for your sins, was buried and rose again. Is there one? Don't be ashamed of him. He'll be ashamed of you. Raise your hand. Or perhaps you want to join our church in Christian experience. Is there one? Is there one? Just raise your hand. Is there one? Come on. Come on up. Praise Jesus. We love you. Come on up. Come on. Praise him. Come on. Come on. Bless the Lord. If you're up, tap, tap him on the shoulder. Come on. That's right. Praise Jesus, brother. Glad to have you. Praise Jesus. Thank you, man. Thank you. Is there another? Is there another? Praise his name. Come on. Come on. Praise his name. Praise his name. Praise his name. Is there another? Invitation to salvation. Invitation to sanctification. Invitation to satisfaction. Is there another? Father, we thank you for your word. Help us in, in the light of your victory to have the vitality to be steadfast. When we feel like getting weak, help us to look back to the victory. When we want to get weak, help us to look back to the victory. When we're suffering, help us look back to the victory and give us the vitality. And we thank you. We ask that you would bless the food and discipleship. We ask you to bless discipleship classes. We ask that you would thank, we thank you for the saved souls. Thank you for our visitors. 
and now dismiss us with your choices benediction. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Wednesday, bring your notebooks. We love you. Have a great day.